Welcome to the King's Table. Welcome to the King's Table, a podcast of Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. The King's Table exists to help people know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. From the altar table to the dinner table, the conference table to the pool table, because Jesus is Lord over all. Welcome back to the table, guys. My name is Rusty. I'm here with Pastor Matt and Pastor Jeff. Hey, guys. Today is maybe not a special episode, but it's probably going to feel a little bit different. Um, if you're not aware, uh, recently in Ohio, just yesterday for us, as far as when we're recording, we had a uh, constitutional amendment pass in the state of Ohio uh, that enshrines abortion as a right, among a host of other things. And so we wanted to take just a, a brief uh, episode to kind of not give hot takes uh, for the reason that I'll, I'll explain in a second, but part of what we've been talking about even in Hebrews 13, particularly verse 7, but then later, is helping people understand how not just we live by faith, but even how we think. And so in this episode, we want to kind of let you guys hear how we think. We're still processing some of this ourselves and, and working through it, but what you will probably notice is that we're pretty angry. Um, Psalm 139, angry, verse 19. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And then lead me in the way everlasting. So you're going to hear us angry. Um, we, we might get snarky. We might get a little uh, sarcastic, uh, to which I would point you to our next episode where we talk about whether or not that's okay. Uh, yeah. So you'll have to wait for that because we're going to release this one first. But with that, I want to kick it to the table. We're going to launch from this passage and uh, kind of tell you guys how we're thinking through this and what we're looking to as far as the future is concerned. If you uh, want to flip, you can read this with me, but in Jude, verse 17, to the Wait, end Which is, chapter? Uh, th- there's only one. <laughs> Jude 17. There's our chapter. snarkiness for the day. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jude 17. Thank you. It says, but you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time, there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. He says, it is these who cause divisions, worldly people devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others, show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority. Before all time and now and forever. Amen. 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 One of the challenges that we face when it comes to some of these 
earth-shaking, landmark, monumentous, whatever kind of adjective you want to use you see in the media, events like this, is that we see the church has, has to respond in some fashion. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even their lack of a response we need to recognize is a response, mm-hmm. right? One of the ones that we see the most is, is, is a good one, but it's not a complete one, I think we would say. It's a good one in saying, hey, guys, hey, remember, Jesus is on the throne. God is sovereign. It's all going to be okay. We may even see some of the old David Crowder, we've already won, and so you don't have a chance type stuff come out, right? Mm-hmm. But while that's true statements, and I, I fear that it, it leads more to true sentiment. Yeah rather than where we really need to go as a church. So what should we be aiming for, looking at? What does it mean for the future for us in light of something like what we've, we've seen yesterday? That's good. I, I would say before we get into those practicalities and action steps, that when you read, especially the letters to the church, like we're going through Hebrews, you'll see. So in light of the sovereignty of God, the lordship of Christ, this has implications for your life. Therefore, go and do these things. You don't just stop and sit in that mm-hmm. and, and kind of revel in that. It has action steps, marching orders. Yeah. And that is the uh, that is a mark of a true believer that those then uh, push us to to work to action. Yeah. Yeah. This this will be a good segue from what he just said to to your question, Russ. Most of the rhetoric that I saw leading into the vote. And leading out of the vote, as I would describe this way, or, or at least uh, um, give example this way, leading into the vote was very simply protect children or protect parental rights. Mm-hmm. That was essentially majority of the rhetoric, both politically, in the church, and so on. Now coming out of it, most of the of the articles I've seen written, and and so on, and. And, and hear me clearly, these things are not bad. But what it is mostly centered around is how do we comfort ourselves? Yeah. Okay? How do we lick our wounds? How do we lick our wounds? How do we feel better? Right? We can hope in God. He's still on the throne, like blah, blah, blah. And what happens typically then, and what will happen uh, in this case, is we will... We will lick our wounds, we will comfort ourselves, and we'll go right back to the status quo. Yep. Having lost ground. Having lost ground. And not, and, be, and not be fired up until the next election cycle comes yeah. around. Yeah. So what will happen is we just will become comfortable with a new normal mm-hmm. where there is less uh, ground that we're seeing practically the Lordship of Jesus Christ yeah being exercised now it doesn't mean he has lost ground because he's still lord over it all so I, again i'm not saying that 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 language is wrong um i, I would also say that that lang- but i would say that that language tends to be more on the on the female virtue side where it's like a let's let's comfort everybody, let's nurture everyone, and so on and so forth. But what we're missing in the conversation is the more masculine virtue of, well, how are we going to fight? Yeah. Like, how do we win this battle next time? How do we make sure that doesn't happen again? Right? That kind of language is gone. Or the kind of language like I've used in, um, in other uh, venues uh, and atmospheres is 
there's there's now 2.2 million self-identified murderers mm-hmm. in the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. 2.187 to be exact, million. Uh, like that that now they're murderers. Mm-hmm. You get to that. And, and then all the people who voted um, to not make the amendment in the spring that would have stopped this amendment from happening, yeah. they all get counted in that group too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the language of that that kind of think not that rhetoric only, but that kind of emphasis has got to be there going forward. Like it can't just be how do we make ourselves feel good about this. Mm-hmm. We, we should be afflicted, and we should trust the Lord. But we should be afflicted to Jeff's point to now what's next? Yeah. How, what do we do to move forward? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the he says in this passage, verse 20, But you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy that leads to eternal life. Mm-hmm. Where, where's the, the building up? Uh, like, and I think we've got to be careful because it's really easy for that language of, like, well, God is still sovereign, for that to not be, like, an exclamation of the glory of the sovereignty of God and more about how can I just feel better? Because yeah. before they had other people fighting their battles mm. and they still want other people to fight their battles. And mm. so there's not going to be building yourself up now because there wasn't building yourself up before. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Yep. I was going to say the psalmist, you see him, um, you see a lament, you see uh, remembering the promises of God. So there's a place for heaviness there's a place for sadness and discouragement, but we build ourselves up in the promises of the Lord. And one thing that the psalmist feels, and a lot of people are feeling this right now, like you said, Russ, is anger. And that's a good and proper thing that you should feel. Absolutely. Right? Um, you should. A lot of people, though, will neglect the anger part and say, I just feel sad. This just makes me feel sad. But the psalmist says, like Russ read, like, you, will, will you not slay the wicked? You know, so... Um, uh, there should be a burning desire in our hearts for the jaws of those who have voted for this slaughter to be broken, yeah. right? And and we work towards that end uh, to proclaim to them that unless they repent, right, this judgment is coming for them. Mm-hmm. And so that then righteous anger that burns within us for the glory of God, like the zeal for God's house burned in Jesus to make a whip and go drive them out, causes us to, to take up the sword, to take up action, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, so next steps means there has to be next steps. I think that that's, that's what I was trying to establish at the top is we don't right. sit here and lick our wounds. We have things to do. Yeah. yeah. So Well, one of those steps is we should change some of our rhetoric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, A, we should first make sure that our that our desire in what we're doing is not just to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. And if that is the case, then we need to repent. Yeah. If it's just for those selfish reasons. Yeah. But then, two, uh, we we should we should make sure that our our rhetorical use is crossing the spectrum of masculine and feminine virtues, and particularly as men, that it's out in the forefront. Yeah. That what's out in the forefront is not just let's comfort each other. But what's out in the forefront is how are we going to take the, the next acre here? How are we going to win this next piece? How are we going to get there? 
and, and which is the question that we're asking. So I, I think, first of all, change our rhetoric um, and, and make sure that it's pushing where it needs to go. Um, as I forget who said it, but, um, but we should go have more kids. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I, and I, teach I get, them. I want to get to that. So l- let me take your rhetoric thing and let's go ahead and play that one out. Okay. Uh, let's, let's just play each of these balls. So the rhetoric one, what is that going to look like then at our, at our jobs? Hmm. How do how do we speak that? And the second kind of playground I would give is like Thanksgiving's coming up. How do we do that when we're sitting at our the families. table with when the the dreaded politics come up around the Thanksgiving table? Uh, yeah. Here, here, that's a great, great question. At the workplace, the question is, should it or must it? Yeah. Well, I would say yeah. at the workplace, stop presenting it as this is what I believe, mm-hmm. and present it as this is what's right. Yeah. Well, let's say it's the Lord. Yeah. A yes. good a good gauge. We've said this before, for whether or not you um, honor and live in a way that you believe that the holiness of God is a sacred thing, is that you will believe that the holiness of God is not just good for you, but is good for everybody. Yep. It's good for your pagan neighbors. It's good for your pagan coworkers and your pagan family. So that that it's you're gonna have to think about that because it's really easy for us to kind of wuss out in that area and say well as a christian this is what i believe and present it as a very optional thing mm-hmm. versus um as a better declaring, way this is the only way yeah this is the only way and who are we following jesus i'm the only way yeah. right of course you can expect backlash as you should yeah. why because you're going after people's sin yeah right the next thing i would add is don't present it just as um this is what's good for you or good for humans in general. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that is true. But why, why would we appeal to selfishness for an already selfish-driven decision? Yeah. And so it is sure. true, but I think, I think we've got to be careful with that. Listen, this is what's right because it is what glorifies God yep. and brings dignity to the humans that he created. Yeah, here's why it's right. I think yes. that's one of the. I think that's one of the most relatable challenges, though, is that people, particularly people in our church, not necessarily pastors, because we usually come at different angles and trainings. When they hear apologetics, they think it is philosophical. Mm. They think it is finding the common ground and then trying to persuade them. And so I, I really relate to that aspect of like, well, if they're being selfish, let me try to appeal to their selfishness. Mm-hmm. Like that. It seems like it makes sense. Rhetorically, logically, all these things, but that's not the root issue. What's the root issue? Yeah, they're God haters. Yeah, yeah. So what happens is you just win them from one selfishness that's good. to a different selfishness, and you've not you've not actually gained ground in changing that person for the future, right? So I mean, now I'm not saying it would that would never be the right move, but I'm just saying I think in general we got to stop thinking that way as the only move. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, I'll take one, I'll take a selfish person voting to save a life. Sure. sure. Right. I, I would rather have that than nothing. I'll talk incrementalism or sure, whatever. I'll take your vote. Sure. I'll take your vote. Um, but I'd rather gain the ground that secures righteous voting every time going forward. Yeah. So lest we gain two steps and take three steps right. back. You'd rather gain a true ally. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. 
So what about at the Thanksgiving table? Just let it fly. Yeah, I think. <laughs> Man, I think so this fly. is the thing. It's well, like we're actually going to so, start dividing families. So hang on a second. Right. What, but Jesus, I think Jesus said something this. about that. <laughs> yeah, he, does. he took the words. Right. So here's, As here's my kids a, would say, jinx. Here's a really good uh, rule. Men, you need to set the thermostat for your family mm-hmm. when you go uh, to Thanksgiving dinner, right? How often men take a back seat and let um, their wives play um, politics and uh, play the intercessor between them and the father-in-law or them and the mother-in-law or whoever, right? So you've got to coach your family on how we're going to respond to certain things. You need to be willing um, and able to explain to your children why grandpa so-and-so or uncle so-and-so or aunt so-and-so believes these things and be um, upfront with them mm-hmm. about why they believe these <laughs> things because they're not, they don't love Jesus. Yes. And here's how we are going to pray for them and here's how we're going to interact with them. And coach and lead your wife on how we're going to respond as a united front because we've been in those situations around the table when the thing is dropped and how often men can abdicate their role and the wife steps in to be the relational fixer mm-hmm. as is one of her feminine gifts but it gets accosted yeah right so you gotta you gotta any good um warrior is going to have a plan going in yeah so so plan with your family how you're going to address those things i i think too you should look for, we want to try to be as, as much as possible live at peace, but we can really file a lot of excuses underneath that banner, right? Like, we're just striving mm. for peace, so we're just going to keep our head low. We're not going to go in guns blazing. There is definitely people that go <laughs> kick the door down and be like, let's fight. And mm-hmm. admittedly, I can be that way. We're not saying <laughs> that you can't have your turkey first. Yeah, have your turkey first. <laughs> That's right. That's fine. And um, just don't do it when there's a good play on on the football game. Yeah, and you need to know um, you need to know how you're going to respond, what the what the game plan's going to be, and that just takes men stepping up and leading. And there, listen, there might be some situations here where you're going to say um, it is pearls to pigs, so we're not going. Yeah, we're not going to, to Thanksgiving dinner mm. or, or whatever, and. That can. That could, why aren't you coming to Thanksgiving dinner? Because so and so loves to parade their ungodliness in front mm-hmm. of my children and and their lies and glorify sin and Satan, and we have chosen to not be around that because that and, dishonors and, our God. Yeah, and maybe because the alternative voice is not welcome at the table. Yeah, the alternative like, voice I would is not be shunned if I said something. Exactly. You don't even have to hate them. You can just hate their clothes. It says hate the, even the garment stained by the flesh. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, so yeah. you, you, you mentioned like uh, training and having a game plan with your wife for like in the moment. Mm-hmm. And I want to say one of the ways I think men that you you got to be really careful here is that your wife can drop very subtle, passive aggressive hints leading up to yep. Thanksgiving, right. informing you of what's off limits and what's not off limits. Yep. Yeah. Um, and therefore dictating mm-hmm. what's going to be conversed about in any scenario, uh, let alone Thanksgiving. Yeah. Then second, the thing I want to say about the peace, you said about be at peace with... Uh, we got to remember that the path of righteousness is peace. Right. Okay? There is no peace without righteousness. So the way we be at peace with everyone, so long as it depends on us, 
the best way we do that is by maintaining the path of righteousness. Mm -hmm. Then when someone who is acting unrighteous comes in conflict with the righteous, therefore disrupting the peace, that is their fault. It's the scoffer who causes divisions. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. Not the person walking in righteousness. Right. But so we got to be careful because we think we think we're living at peace with people means keeping our mouth right. shut. But Matt, blessed are the peacemakers. Yes. Now Jesus said that. <laughs> now I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. Here. I, oh, I, yeah. I, I saw recently the a cult peacemaker. Right. I saw recently a a Methodist pastor who is an absolute heretic for many reasons, um, but he has a social media platforms talking about. Is that Lambert? Uh, no, not that that guy. Oh, okay. I, I'm pretty sure that guy's demon possessed. No, this is a different guy. Not Heath Lambert, for the record. He's, yeah, not he's a Lambert. Baptist pastor. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> he's good. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember that guy's name now on Twitter. Anyway, this guy recently had a post saying, wherever wherever you see peace being pursued, you will find God's people doing work. And he quotes from the Beatitudes, blessed are the peacemakers, right? Mm. I'm surprised he didn't quote like Martin Luther or something. <laughs> he's or, in, I mean, sorry, L- Luther King. Right, right Luther King, yeah. Um, he's completely missing the point of the passage because... What Jesus is saying is, blessed are those who herald the gospel of peace Mm -hmm. and say, um, without Christ, there is no peace between you and a Mm -hmm. holy God. Like, that's what he's after, right? So it's not, let me just go around and try to um, live and let live. Right, so I'm backing up what you're saying here. Well, how how could Jesus say, I came to bring a sword and not peace? But he told yet but he still told be Peter to put his sword away, man. All right, so uh, <laughs> we get the back. We get the back. That was that was a good chase out on rhetoric, which is <laughs> clearly our forte. Um, <laughs> Can I just say real quick? He told Peter to put his sword away because he was going to the cross. Yeah, he didn't yeah, tell him. Right. To sell, Don't take the scripture he, out of context. He didn't tell him to sell it. He'd put it back on your hip. Yeah, you, you might need. Put that later. gun on your hip. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, Open carry to Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> you should. <laughs> oh, oh look at that. Uh, so rhetoric is, is one way. What's another way that we can respond? We're called to good works. Middle fingers? Good works. So what are some works that we can do? Not just sign language. <laughs> well, the work that you're do- So to continue this theme of, you know. Beyond rhetoric. Rhetoric is part of the work. Sure. So, yeah. So rec- rhetoric Have is a part of, of the work. Have lots of babies. You know, we, um, if, if people are able to have children and refuse to do so, it is sinful. Yes. Yep. Right? It is. It is. And you see, you don't just see, I think what we've missed is that we, we see abortion, but abortion is simply um, the lower regions of the bucket that we've been dumping a whole lot of stuff into for a long time, the compromises, right? It's the same thing I've said about the reason that we've gotten to um, <laughs> drag queens leading worship in churches, um, which is utter blasphemy, obviously, it's because the church stopped preaching about watching out for when your wife is subtly trying to manipulate you. Mm-hmm. They, they've stopped talking about men uh, taking responsibility in their marriages. Like, that's how we've gotten here, right? Mm-hmm. So we've gotten to this culture of death because we've glorified things like singleness. We've glorified you know, um, traveling instead of having babies or waiting to get married. So yeah, get married, have lots of babies. I mean bachelors and bachelorettes you should be looking to get married Mm -hmm. right um those who don't have kiddos start making babies it's it's easy to make babies so make some (laughs) i i I posted this on social media i took a picture of our um uh 
of our sign, we have two signs that say expectant mothers. And I said, these spots are filled at our church on yeah. Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. And, and the, the truth about that is, as the pagans continue to choose a culture of death, this is also just going to be statistically true. Yeah. Our children will inherit the earth. Yeah. The, the right? writing is on the wall for right, them. Right, exactly. We will because Let of them be gay the and have no more babies. Yeah. And I, yeah. they will walk themselves out yeah. of existence. Yeah, and train up your children in the way they should go. And I think that is where when it gets down to the nuts and bolts of, let's say you're, you're preparing to go to battle at Thanksgiving dinner or at Christmas coming up, the heavy lifting to be done there is, is right now in the everyday mundane areas of life. So when you, when you feel those subtle um, nudges from your wife when, when she's trying to tie a bow on your weapons and mm -hmm. soften the blows, you need to do work with her now, right? Yes. So that when you get to those battles at the, at the Thanksgiving table, you know where your wife stands. You know where your children stand. And that's the boring, everyday, mundane training, you know, um, a thousand shots at the target that yeah. doesn't seem like it matters until you get into a firefight. Got to use your that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, like, so a practical example there um, is like I've been working with my boys uh, in their school settings to learn how to call people to repentance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing with my not, boys. Not not just hey, look at the, the the kid that is talking too much in class and saying hey, shh, shh, stop it, stop it. We, we got to listen, but to look at them and say hey. Jim, be quiet. You're sinning, and you need to repent. Yeah, it's um, good. And and how to appropriately even address their teachers. Yeah, when they've sinned. Mm -hmm. So um, one of one of the teachers was uh, reclining in their chair or whatever that's called when you're up on just two legs. Oh yeah, which is not allowed at their school. And one of my kids politely, respectfully, uh, told the teacher, "Hey, Mrs. So and So, you're not allowed to do that." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for which the teacher then stopped yeah. and, you know, praise God for that. Yeah. Uh, so how, how are they going to stand up on the abortion thing yeah. if they're not willing to stand up to a classmate who's just talking too much yeah. or is gossiping or saying something they shouldn't? So yeah. that's I a very practical way to train your people. The training has to be there. Yeah, you won't, you won't perform when it's time. You always fall to the level of your training. Yeah. yeah. Never rise to the occasion. <clears throat> yeah. That's good. I think so. Again, my point there is not just poor rhetoric. That is like, how do we just get by in the moment? Hey, please be quiet so we can get through class. But what is righteous and holy and calling them to the actual fix, yeah. which is repentance? That's good. Yeah, and the, and the same thing is true um, when they're talking to their unbelieving neighbors, or and and that's one thing that we can model for them as we interact with non-believers or um, people who claim to be Christians and who are not. We've got to model that kind of plain talk, you know, um, within control. That's what we should always be shooting for when we're, when we're working through these things. You can speak um, at the Thanksgiving table or with your unbelieving neighbor across the fence about these things in a very plain-spoken, truthful way. Um, and if they want to rave and scream and yell, they can, right? Yeah. But we, but we don't have to because we have this confidence that Christ sits upon the throne. Yeah. Well, what I think you guys have been getting at is uh, we have to be willing to finally call people to the category. 
So calling them out of the relativism that they're happy to exist right. in yeah. and say that when we assert any of these rhetorical things that you guys are talking about, we're making them say, no, I'm not a Christian. Yeah. We're making them say, no, I, I hate God. Yeah. And, and being ready and okay with that. Right. Even to the point where like, praise God, they finally said it. Yes. Yes. And that I think for family in particular. That's is, what happens when you shine the, the light on something. Yeah. Yeah. And and that is what we're we're saying is going to actually move something forward, right? Because you're finally calling them to the truth that you say you stand on. Yeah. But if you don't call them to finally assert a truth, then you're being as relativistic as they are. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to admit. Yeah. It's also discouraging in these situations to feel like you don't, in light of, the powers that be, our evil, government, right? Um that we don't have much of uh, the only thing we can actually do is vote right and and i think that's what you're talking about like that's my only time to actually do something and say something what just what? was talking about that she said roe went and then so the heart heartbeat bill immediately went into effect and then some random judge puts an injunction on it right and now we're stuck so it feels hopeless it yeah. feels out of your hands you know russ one thing you said earlier is what we're beginning to see though now especially with um the turnout of pagans to glorify death is we're seeing um, this is not simply people in high power making these decisions. This is your neighbor. The mm -hmm. tyranny of the people. It's the tyranny of the people now. So it's much closer to your door. Yeah, I mean, my, my point was like we have a pretty conservative Republican uh, legislation. Right. Legislature, but that's not what voted yesterday. No, yeah. exactly. And so <clears throat> you can talk you can't maybe not be able to talk to your congressman as, as easily but you can talk to your neighbor as easily or your coworker, mm -hmm. and also don't despise the thing that's in your hand what this morning i was angry and frustrated you know and i'm on online looking at some reports and you know i'm on social media looking at some things and there's definitely a place for us to use our voice there but then i was i was kind of uh kind of chuckled at myself because i was spending some energy putting some posts up and I thought, I need to be working on my sermon right now. Mm, yeah, yeah. I need to, and I need to discipline my son because I hear him being a little tyrant in the background. Yeah, I, I need to lead my wife. So, so what you need to do is not ignore it and just go back to work. You need to say, how do I beat back the darkness at my workplace today yeah. to <clears throat> to kill this evil? Right. So that's how so, we make a difference. So it's like, um, right? Judgment always begins in the house of the Lord. Yep. Right. So whether that's our household or, or the household of God. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the practical steps that you could take as a Christian is refuse to go to a church that would not practice church discipline on someone who voted yes yesterday. Absolutely. Amen. It's not a wisdom They would issue. not be willing to kick them out, yep. excommunicate them, yep. that you could practically uh, either fight against that in that church and try to bring about change or you would leave and go to a church that would excommunicate a yes voter yep. yesterday. Yep. And then second, you would talk to all of your uh, supposed believing friends and tell them if they go to a church that would not excommunicate someone for voting yes yesterday, that they would then either fight for reform in that church or leave. Yep. Yep. Amen. Those are very good practical steps where we can clean house in the house of God um, both in the excommunication of those people, but then second, 
defunding those churches. Mm-hmm. I'm so I'm going to start a, a new campaign. So using the re- de- defund. Use your enemy's rhetoric <laughs> against them. Local churches. Defund the yes voting churches. Yeah. Um, like, and defund, and not just defund. I mean, it might be a church that has a vote no sign in front of the yard, but would be unwilling to hold a yes voter accountable to mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, because what's happened is we've made like voting kind of like we've done with finances. This very personal, mm-hmm. conscious decision. Yep. Well, that's just between me and the Lord. No, it's not. Your money's not between you and the Lord, and neither is your voting. Mm. It's not when it comes to presidential campaigns. It's not when it comes to matters of the amendment. Yep. I don't care what the IRS says. Yep. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's a very practical step that you can go do with your coworkers, with your neighbors, with your kids. You can say, kids, this is why we're a part of this kind of church. Because they're willing to actually walk out the holiness of God and yeah. hold their people accountable to it. Yeah. yeah. So let me walk that into kind of last one because we have to wrap up. And I, I would say that you've, you've got to go do the work. They, they tell us to do the work. We've got to do the work. It's not just these things, but like take up the flag. Yeah. So for us, our family, we, we work with the uh, Hope Rising down on Stroop and Kettering. It used yeah. to be called Miami Valley Women's Center. Yep. yep. And uh, my wife does sonography for people who are coming in thinking about abortion, shows them their baby, shares mm. the gospel with them, tries to save the baby, right? Yeah, yeah. praise God. Th- those types of things. Because here's here's the ch- challenge. Also yesterday, at least in my city, I voted on three tax renewals. Two of them had to do with giving money to senior programs, which I love seniors. I love old people. Um, I voted against those things, for one. Um the city does not need to impose to steal my money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not their function. That's not their job. Right. How do I then go care for seniors? Hmm. I actually care for them. Like yeah. I do things for old yeah. people. Right. Like, like go sit with an old person. Yeah. Yes. So I don't just give your money to the city, to the pagan city, to go share their, their money gospel and not your gospel with them. Go do the work. Right. So I'm not saying everybody needs to get busy with a pregnancy center. But I'm saying you got to do something. So in our sermons lately, we've been talking about what does our acceptable worship looks like. It looks like being content with what God has given you and then going and pouring yourself out. Yeah. So pouring yourself out is the key in all of these, whether it's through your language, whether it's through right. picking up and doing something with grit. Right. You, you could be unknowingly in violation of the sixth commandment. Right. Now, you might have voted no and you're against abortion. Right, but you could be in violation of the sixth commandment by not doing the exact opposite mm. of yeah. murder. Right? Yeah. So there's many ways to celebrate life, and there's many ways to, um, yeah, to do actual work um, that's going to cause life to flourish, like caring for old people. Um, and there's a, there's a plethora of things. Well, I say for us being uh, uh, valuing life, it is beyond the baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's all of mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I think that I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Probably good. We're here. We're towards the end here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I had something really good to say. You can you can clip that part out. If I think about it, I'll just come in real hot and heavy. <laughs> uh, the the encouragement I would give you is that when we look at Jude, it says, "But you, beloved." I remembered it. I do it. Okay. Matt said, "You should be willing to hold accountable so-called Christians." Right? Yeah. Who would vote yes on that? And pastors who would not call them to repentance? 
and you should go layers deeper on why they've gotten to that point. Oh yeah, because they've made multiple compromises, and those until those things are dealt with. Yeah, right? that's evidence of yeast. Yeah, yeah. Sweep the whole house clean mm-hmm. and and replace it mm-hmm. with with good stuff. So, so that's that's the digging we got to do. Yeah. Yeah. So to close this in in Jude twenty, but you beloved, here's here's your here's your action steps. You ready? Yeah. It's not just pray in the Holy Spirit, mm. and that's what I'm only seeing on Facebook right now. Yep. It is build yourself up. And your most holy faith, yep. right? Yes. And praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Right? And then go do these things to others, verse 22, and so on. Right? Yeah. So, like, there's a lot to do. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a Thanksgiving hymn to close us out. Amen. This is my Father's world. You mm. all should learn that um, and sing it one of the ways we encourage our hearts and verse three this is my father's world oh let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems off so strong god is the ruler yet this is my father's world the battle is not done Mm. jesus who died will be satisfied and earth and heaven be won so yes christ has conquered but there's work to be done so rest assured that this is my father's world and the wrong seems crazy, but God is the ruler, but the battle is not done. Mm-hmm. So fight, fight, fight. Yeah. And fight with joy. <laughs> because of love. No love and obey. Amen. 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 I hope this has been helpful for you guys as you process through this and think through it. Um, I want to encourage you that uh, we'll see you on Sunday for business as usual. Yes. Act accordingly. Yes. Act accordingly. That's right. right. I want to encourage you to love your wife. Yeah. Raise your kids. Mm -hmm. Feed them. Speak the truth to your neighbors. And laugh and sing. Yes, that's right. Because that's what God does when evil raises his head up. Yep. I want to encourage you guys to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. And we will see you next time.